Elliot Goldstein is hosting a radio and podcast show out of New Mexico called NMDJ Presents Fly on the Wall. We are building a fresh, fabulous podcast library of musicians, writers, artists, and all good people of note, with many new and exciting guests to come. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. We appreciate your help. We would like to thank Alan Gower for the intro music. Enjoyed the show. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. I'd like to tell you how I got started. Um, I really had no idea on um, the beginnings of what had even where to start. And I stumbled upon Anchor by Spotify. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And I'll explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast automatically on listening platforms. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on other uh, platforms. And it, Anchor made it so simple. And um, it's all in one place. Everything you need to make a podcast, you can find in one place. And um, the amazing part is it's all free. So um, there is no uh, downside to any of this. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And again, it's the Anchor app or go anchor.fm. And it's real easy to get started. And um, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall and uh, back to the show. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Not Your Mother's radio guest tonight is the one and only Michael Carabello. Michael Carabello grew up playing the congas on the streets of San Francisco. If Michael hadn't convinced his rather shy high school friend, Carlos Santana, to merge his blues-influenced guitar with conga drums, there wouldn't be the Santana sound that remains internationally recognized today for its percussion and guitar work. Michael was able to perceive and initiate the use of intricate Latin rhythms and percussion into a blues-based rock and roll band. After playing gigs around the city, Santana was suddenly thrust into the limelight by promoter Bill Graham, who insisted that he would only be involved in Woodstock if Santana played. Santana's show was one of the highlights of the concert and made the band world-renowned. Michael has set the standard for all conga players in rock and roll, world music, and dance music.
he set the benchmark that is still firmly in place today. As a result, Michael is the first and only Latin percussionist and conga drummer inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his work with Santana. So my friends, let us go back to those thrilling days of yesteryear and let's do some eavesdropping on Michael and Elliot as they discuss the start of the Santana Band and other topics. Please remember that this is the first in a continuing series of podcasts that will include Michael Carabello and his sidekick Elliot. But first this tune.
I had I kind of talked my way into coming into their band. Uh, they didn't have a name or anything at that time, but uh, we kind of hung out with the same people in high school, kind of thing. And uh, so it it all kind of came full circle at one point. I was at somebody's house, and Carlos came up <clears throat> came up to audition for this band. Um, I can't think of the name of them right now, but but uh, uh, and the people are going to hate me for that, but. I think they were the mockers or something like that. Okay. Um, but but anyway, I remember going up to a friend of mine's house, uh, uh, Stan Markham, who became our manager, and a fellow named uh, 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 Rich Velasquez, okay. um, who I who I grew up with in the Mission District. And I remember going up there, and I'm with my friend Arnold Corrales, and here's Carlos like coming into audition for this band. And I told my friend, I went like, whoa, man, that's the same guy that I wanted to kind of play with, man. And and now he's like auditioning for this band. And I kind of went to myself, oh, man, I blew it, man. I should have stepped forward a little sooner. He said, ah, man, don't worry about it. Those are, he plays with my two friends on Thursday nights at Danny's Garage at his house, man. And he said, I'll hook you up, no big deal. So I had asked, you know, I, I had asked him to ask them if I could, come in and sit in with my conga drum. But at the same time, a friend of mine um, that I was hanging around with at the time also knew him from junior high school, from Carlos. Um, and and my wife, Linda Houston, uh-huh. uh, knew him from junior high school also. And this is when Carlos first came from Mexico and couldn't really speak that great of English, but, you know, he got through it. And, and they knew him in junior high school. I met him later on in high school, even though we went to two different two different high schools, but the same crowd of people, you know, we all kind of knew each other. And so it kind of started there. And, uh, you know, I, I talked Carlos into, you know, like letting me come in and sit in with the band, with the conga drummer. And, you know, we would practice every Thursday night and, you know, we were doing like La Bamba and stuff like that. Uh, I can't, I can't think of the other, the other song, uh, Shim Shim Cherie, Uh stuff like that. But, you know, there was no singer or yeah, anything yeah. like that in the right, band yet. Right. So we were kind of just jamming and, and learning things each other, you know, with each other. But uh, one thing led to the next thing, and, you know, it, it just collaborated over years. And then uh, Carlos said one night, he said, you know, I, I, somebody had told me about this keyboard player that's playing at, um, it's called the Longshoreman's Hall. Um, Bill Graham used to do these shows years, years ago. They were kind of like Battle of the Bands. right. And whatnot. So he says, "Let's go down and check this. You know, check check out. Hang on, and check out. You know, and check out this guy, right? Right. So we go down there, and it's the battle of the bands, and you know, we're so freaking bored already with whatever you know is, is you know is being in the battle of the bands. And then I remember this this group came up, and Carlos turned to me and he said, "Check out the keyboard player. What do you think?" And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I said, well, you know, he's playing a Farfisa at that point. Yeah. And my friend Danny, and Carlos's friend Danny, he looks at me, and he goes, and I, and, you know, we look at each other, and I go, wow, man, are we going to have to wear those kind of uniforms? Because they were, <laughs> well, they were doing this thing like, like, they were called William Penn and his pals. Right. 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 And it, it was a stone copy off Paul Revere and the yeah, Raiders, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, come on, come William on, come Penn. on, come on. William Penn and his pals, you know, and, and <laughs> Greg Wally was the keyboard player, right? And he said, what do you think about the keyboard players? And again, I said, well, you know, I, I think, it, you know, it's a different sound. It, you know, could 
add to our thing or whatnot. But I said, as long as we don't have to wear the uniforms, man, I'm good. <laughs> you know, we were all laughing and we left. And then, you know, we got a hold of Greg and, and, and uh, we went down to check him out. And Carlos and him and me and Danny and, and Gus jammed with him. And, <clears throat> and then it turned into uh, it turned into a band. And all of a sudden we had a keyboard player wow. and a singer. Wow, wow. Well, somewhat of a singer because none of us sung. Right, you know, right, right, right. kind of thing. But but um, before Greg was in the band, we had uh, you know we got we got a gig opening up with Charles Lloyd at at Fillmore West, man, oh, wow. which was called which was called uh, uh, the Carousel at that time. And I guess somebody dropped out that day, and I got a call on my phone that hey, uh, there's an opening. Uh, can you guys come in here and, and make this happen? You know, and I'm going like. Uh, I, I guess, you oh. know, kind of thing. But Greg wasn't in the band yet. It was just, you know, it was a uh, bass player, a drummer, myself, and Carlos. So there right. was only four of us. Right. And, you know, we were kind of doing blues stuff because that's where Carlos was coming from. And I had really nothing to say. I'm just glad to be playing with these guys, like exercise, you know, sure, kind of sure. thing. We're doing something. So we get there. And it's like, we're opening up for Charles Lloyd, man. I mean, on a Sunday afternoon. And I just could not believe it. We got to actually play at the Fillmore. Wow. And then things and then things evolved from there. And, you know, and, uh, and then Greg came into the band later on and whatnot. But that's a whole other story. And we can talk about that at another time. But, yeah. you know, it was basically, uh, you know, the guy asked me, he says, what's the name of the band? You know, and I'm going like, okay, well, uh, me and Carlos were ready. We're into the Paul Butterfield band and Carlos was into the blues and I'm thinking, okay, let me think here. Uh, Carabella blues band, Harold blues band, Rodriguez blues band, uh, Santana blues band. That's what oh. we're called. So I kind of like, we came up with a name with a name just for that gig. Sure. Um, and then I, I think a couple of weeks later, I'm looking through billboard magazine, um, which I don't know why I even looked at that. I know it was a music, magazine of some sort sure. and i'm you know i'm going through it going through it and all of a sudden i see our picture in there going like whoa man like we're in billboard <laughs> magazine no big deal you know wow. and i show carlos and i said and but they didn't name the band because like i said we didn't have a band right 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 you know but uh i still have the magazine i still have the picture uh i think it's, cool. it's on my web page um kind of thing but you know it, it kind of all just kind of rolled along from there and and uh you know we, we were a very very Mm, how can I say, and I hate to use this word, but we were very, very democratic kind of band. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, we all had something to say about whatever we were doing. And sure. It was really, there was really no leader, but, you know, you know, you come to think about it, and, and my whole thought was like, I want to play with this guitar player. Sure. And, you know, there's other guitar players, you know, me and Carlos love Paul Butterfield, and we love... Alvin Bishop and Michael Bluefield and Paul Butterfield, and they were yeah, like yeah. a big, 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 huge influences for me, and and I guess for Carlos also. But sure. you know, there was there was no conga drum player in it, and I thought, hmm, this is kind of interesting. Let me bring some conga drums to some blues music, you know. And and I don't think any of us were up to par as professional players at that point. We couldn't read; we just knew how to jam. Right. You know, if somebody if somebody had asked us and we're trying to get a gig and go like, uh, "Where's the bridge at?" and it's go, "Well, it's over by it's in it called the Golden Gate Bridge." Yeah, really. Go down the road, make a right at the. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what is it? What is the bridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frick that is, man. But anyway, we we all kind of evolved into 
in, into this uh, into this sound, man. You know, and then Carlos got TB and uh, went into the hospital. Yeah. So that that band broke up. Um, and, uh, you know, me and Carlos and my friend Stanners and Ron Estrada are still all friends. And Carlos is in the hospital in the TB ward. And he's just bored, whatever, you know, kind of thing. And and I figured, I'm, you know, we go up there and see him and go like, okay, well, obviously we can't practice anymore, you know, let alone, I don't think we had gigs or anything. But um, the thing was, you know, Carlos is bored up there. He's, with all these, he's up in this ward with all these people coughing and dying and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just bored out of his mind. I said, dude, man, you want me to bring you a joint or something? He said, oh, I'd love it, you know, kind of thing. And I went, okay. So uh, our friend Stan hooked up an amplifier so he could bring his guitar up there and played, I guess, through the amplifier into headphones so okay. nobody would hear him sure. while he was playing or practicing at the at the hospital. So I would bring him, you know, I I bring him pot and I bring him acid and stuff like that. Here he is in the hospital, man. Wow, you know, kind of thing. But but while all this was going on there was somebody in the band that was changing the band. And I remember, I remember Greg asking me after we, you know, he had gotten the band. I remember him asking me, Hey, we're going to practice and stuff. And I just, you know, I just went like, I'm not practicing unless Carl's is here. Right. I'm not practicing unless the whole band is here. Why should I practice? You know, cause I'm doing this for fun. Right. You know, kind of thing. And until he gets out of the hospital, I don't think we should do anything. You know, kind of thing. So, you know, it's like, again, it's a friendship thing. It's more sure. of a, a, a loyalty to something that I got turned on to and went like, man, this is cool. You know, yeah, I'm liking yeah, it. Yeah. So in the meantime, in the meantime, they went out, um, and, and, I, and I guess Stan Markham might have might have told Carlos, and Ron might have told Carlos, he said, you know, <clears throat> the band's, you know, you, you need to do something else with the band. You know, you need to get better players or whatever. I didn't had no idea of this. Right, because sure. <clears throat> we're all starting off. So they found Marcus Malone, who was also a friend of mine, who I played conga drums with out at Aquatic Park. And they found a, a gentleman that I thought was just a killer bass player that had his own style, David Brown. Right, and uh, another guy named Doc Livingston that was the drummer. Right, and and then Gray was you know was the was the organ player in the band. So when Carlos finally got well, they had a new band, and I wasn't in the band anymore. Or was Danny, or was Gus? You know, we've gotten we've gotten like more or less kicked out of the band, right. and you know it was very like uh, very emotional at that time for for some of us, you know, kind of thing. But uh, um, they formed, you know, they formed. Uh, uh, it wasn't the Santana Blues Band anymore; it was called Santana. Right. You know, so I'm going like, okay, well, I named the band, and you know, I, I get it. I mean, we all want to. I mean, who's here? Who's in the band enough? To claim a name for this, you know, it was all about Carlos. It always was, at least in my eyes, it was because of the way he played. He was just different. Was uh, what, let me let me interrupt a sec. Was mm-hmm. I mean, you know Carlos before he was Carlos? You know, um, yeah. Was he that good of a player back then? I mean, he's definitely gotten. He's a great player now. Born right out of the belly of San Francisco, Santana.
But um, when you guys actually just started the car, the Santana, you know, the Santana Blues Band, was he mm-hmm. as um, he didn't have his sound yet, right? He was pretty much copying other people. No, no, I I, ca- I can't say that, and I, I'm sure. I, I mean, this matters a lot. He had something going on, and it was something about his sound. Yeah, you know, it was something about the way he played, man. And and you know, <clears throat> me and him were going to the Fillmore, sneaking in. You know, to see Paul Butterfield or, 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 you know, or the Chambers Brothers or anybody like that that was playing Charles. I mean, come on, we just opened up for Charles Lloyd. Right. I mean, that's like, who is that? I guess it's the sax player, you know, up in the front of the band. You know, and Charles Lloyd was in so many great bands. He was in a band with Chico Hamilton. I mean, this just went on and on and on. Yeah. Charles Lloyd's still with us. He's still, uh, you know. Yes, he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, He's still alive. And, and so we all, he, go ahead. No, he's a killer player, an incredible player. You know, yeah. Lloyd's one Outside of those, the box. Yeah, Lloyd's one of those guys that kind of fell through the cracks that not a lot of people know about him. Yeah. But if you do, yeah. then you're then you're a lover, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's like I said, we had opened up for that, and and so they put this band together. All of a sudden, I'm not in the band anymore. So I'm going like, Ugh, okay, well, whatever, I get it, you know. And like I said, my friend Marcus Malone got the gig. Who was a very, very, um, how could I say, a great, great player in his own right, um, had his own way of playing, but kind of overplayed when okay. it came to songs. He, he sold like through everything, but a great player, a great entertainer, you know, as, as far as being on the conga drum, he had his own kind of style, yeah. kind of like, uh, 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 I can't think of his name right now, but the drummer that used to be in the, in the Young Rascals. Oh, uh, Dino? Um, Dino, yeah. yeah. Man, I mean, you know, Dino had, like, his style. I remember me and Carlos went and saw the, the Young Rascals and went, like, holy mackerel, man, yeah. what is this? There's this guy doing all this flamboyant stuff and can still play his ass off. Yep, Dino was a great you know, drummer, yep. Dino Donnelly. Yeah, Dino, yeah. Yeah. Dino Donnelly, man, yeah. One of my early influences as far as wanting to play music after seeing them. Yeah. Uh, but me and Carlos walked out of there like in a whole nother world. Whoa, man, this is this is happening, you know. Uh-huh. But there was a, you know, there was a, a lot of mixture going on. So I wasn't in the band anymore. They started making a name for themselves in San Francisco, playing at you know certain things, the Santana Band, you know, kind of thing like that. And then uh, one thing led to the next. Uh, they had gotten because you know I'm still hanging around with the same people that Carlos hung around with. Sure. You know, kind of thing. Not Greg or anybody else in the band, but um, I was in the band, like I said, before Greg was. And then I was in the band when me and Greg were in the band, kind of thing. And uh, um, But, you know, they had started a new band with David Brown and Doc and, and uh, uh, Marcus and, and Greg Raleigh. Right. Um, and they started making a name for themselves, you know, because of Marcus Malone, because of the conga player, man. At least I thought. But, you know, Carlos had another way of playing, man. And, and you know he, you know he had his own. Uh, how could I say he had his own, his own way of of playing notes and sustaining stuff and whatnot. And I gotta say, man, it's like you know once you see somebody, it's like seeing, you know, because I'm into sports. Once you see a player that is so phenomenal, man, that can play every freaking position. Right. You know, you go like, oh my god. You don't think about where he got that from. You just go like, oh my god, this guy's different. Yeah. You know? But you know, all those things lead back to where your influences were, you know, kind of thing. But so anyway, to make a long story short, they moved up to this place in Bernal Heights that was like two blocks from my mother's house, okay? And 
me and a friend, a couple of friends of mine used to play a block away from where they lived at and just play conga drums all day long and all night long and whatnot. So this friend of mine calls me one morning and says, hey, man, you know, I'm living with my mom and dad. And he says, hey, man, did you hear what happened to Marcus last night? And I'm going, no, what are you talking about? He said, Marcus got arrested, man. And I went, oh, wow, that's a bummer. And he says, no, man, here's your chance to get back into the band. Because <laughs> they're going to need a conga player, right? Hey, you didn't, drop a, thank goodness. you didn't drop a dime on him, did you? No. <laughs> I'm just no, no, no. So, 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 here's, so here's the deal. So here's the deal where it comes down to this. So my friend says, why don't you go up there and stuff? And I said, I'm going to hang up the phone right now and get dressed, and I'm just going to go up there. Yeah. And, I, and I said, but don't say anything, right? So I go up there. This is on the news the night before. I know nothing about this, right? Right, right, right. So I go up and I knock on their door, and Carlos answers the door, and he's living with Greg. And I, I don't know if Ron Estrada lived there, which was one of our road guys, or somebody else. And I pretended like I didn't know anything that happened, okay? Yeah. So I go, what's going on? Because, you know, I would hang out. You know, I would still hang out with them, sure. you know, sure. and kind of things like that. Um, and he said, oh, man, you know, something happened last night. And I hear Greg on the phone with a guy named Brian Rohan, yeah. okay, who's a, a lawyer, a music lawyer, a great guy, you know. And I go, like, oh, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to get Marcus out of jail. And I'm pretending the whole time, like, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time, sure. right? So I remember Greg hanging up the phone, and Carlos is, like, you know, you know, walking around and stuff. And, you know, they got a gig the next day, okay? They have no conga player. And I'm sitting there wondering, like, okay, well, you know, maybe you know, maybe he'll get bailed out or whatever. They, would, they wouldn't bail him out. Okay. Okay, so Carlos turns around looks at Greg, and he says, well, we don't have a conga player. How are we going to do this gig? And Carlos says, well, we got Mike. And he looked at me, and they go, do you want to do it? And I went, yeah. You know, oh. and here's no practice. Here's no practice. I don't get to practice with them or the drummer or the bass player right. for the next day. It's just, you know, it's just me and Carlos, and Carlos has shown me some songs. So here we play. We play. I think we played a gig, and I don't know where it was, one gig, and then we played the next night somewhere else at some college or something. Uh-huh. And I remember, man, feeling so bad because... I wasn't the conga player that Marcus Malone was, right. okay? And, you know, very flamboyant and stuff like that. And and I'm going like, okay, well, I'm going to go in and we're going to do the song. So, you know, they're playing the songs that they used to do, and I can't even remember them, dude. I swear. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but I'm just scared, man. I'm just going like, oh, my God, this isn't sounding. And the crowd's like, they're liking it and whatnot. And I remember finishing the gig, man. And I remember getting, you know, getting paid like five bucks or something. I'm going like, you got to be kidding me, yeah. you know. I, you know, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm in here yeah, like yeah. sitting down. Yeah. And they had started making a name for themselves, you know. And, and I remember there was another gig coming up in a, you know, in another couple of weeks or something like that. And um, and you know, we would practice and stuff. And so, like I was saying, I used to go to the beach and and play with the other conga players. You sure. know, we'd yeah. meet up on Saturdays or something to play out at the beach, drink wine and smoke pot uh-huh. and whatnot, you know. And all of a sudden, we're out there playing. Me and a friend of mine, Rico Reyes, who became one of the writers in the band also, yeah, yeah. Santana, um, who was a friend of mine. And I remember we're out there, man, and this guy, 
comes up to me and he says, and I'm going to try to say this in broken English, right? Hey, man, you think my friend could play, man? And I said, man, not till we're finished, dude. Come on. You know? Yeah. And, and so we finally took a rest after a while. So he, he said, can my friend play now? I said, yeah, just go ahead. You know, have him check out. All of a sudden, this guy starts playing conga drums, man. And all of a sudden, I'm going like, whoa, man. This is the stuff that I practice to, that I play to. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, we played in high school. Uh-huh. And I'm going, who is this guy? And he says, well, this is my friend. His name is Chipito, you know, Jose oh, Reyes. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, oh, my God, man. I look at my friend Rich Velasquez, and I look at Rico, and I said, man, don't let this guy leave without us leaving with him. Okay? And he goes, okay. And I says, so I try to talk to Chipito, and he can't speak English, right? So yeah. my friend's the interpreter. And he said, man, I'm playing down at this place at the, you know, in San Francisco, the nightlife, who a friend of mine in the baseball days used to own. His name was Johnny Corte. He owned a place called the nightlife. Okay. Right? So here I am living with Greg and Carlos, you know, and, and I decided to, to go down there and check him out. I mean, you know, right from the beach we went there. And I'm in there, and all of a sudden here's Cepito in this band called The Aliens, man, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's my friend's nightclub, like I said. So I'm down there, man, and, and I'm looking, and all of a sudden, he's playing trumpet, he's playing conga drums, he's playing timbales, which nobody knew in wow. those days what yeah. those were. Yeah. And I went, holy, I won't use the word, um, and I went to my friend at the bar, and I said, let me use the phone. And he said, man, come on, man, this band's playing. I said, man, let me use the phone. So he said, there's a phone outside, if it's, you know, if it's too loud. So I went outside, and I called the house. And I talked to Carlos and Greg. I said, dude, man, you guys got to come down here and check this guy out, man. I said, you know, because I was feeling like really insecure of not having this flamboyant thing going on. Right. But I also knew that I had a certain sound because I had heard timbales before. Sure. And went like, God, man, this would be cool, man, to put this in. You know, because the drummer wasn't quite making it for me. And just me and a drummer, you know, with the blues band kind of thing. And I wasn't a Marcus Malone, and I went, man, come on down here. And they said, oh, man, come on, man, Carabao, you're, you know, you're, you know the, fi- the the sky is falling again. You're full of shit. You know, there's nobody. I said, you've got to come see this guy, man. You've got to come see this guy. And so they finally, you know, they didn't want to come. They thought I was BSing about something again, you know, whatever. They came down, and Carlos was able to talk to him in Spanish. Next morning, he was at our rehearsal. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Really, and and you know we were in a little garage under some house or something with a dirt floor, mind you, not a wood floor, practicing 
and it just it's, the drummer just just didn't seem to click with us with what me and Chapito were doing just yet, you know. Because right, right. now now I brought a whole nother flavor to the band, you know. And now we have timbales. Now hold hold on one second. Chapito was he um was he recording already in his in um his uh, native country? I don't know. I I kind of heard those stories later, you know. He was big in his country or whatever, but you know, if you're so big in your country, why did you leave? Right, right you know, right. kind of thing. Uh-huh. So you know, you know, I mean, everybody's like I said, has got their own stories. You sure, know, but, sure, okay. But uh, he just seemed he just seemed to make me feel more secure because there was a cowbell going on and there was somebody holding time. Right, right, right. right you know, right. while playing this thing, and then I don't know where he pulls out a trumpet. You know, and I'm going like, whoa, man, here, you know, here again. <laughs> you know, just and then he plays drums also. You yeah, know, so yeah. so it was kind. Of, it was a new thing to their ears, but it was also a thing to my ears that I went, you know what? This is a rhythm section. Yeah. You know, here's timbales plus, and conga drums. Plus, it's and, a rhythm and bongos, and it's a rhythm section that was never done before in, um, you know, in the rock world anyway. Well, I'll put it this way: in the blues world, yeah, yeah, in the blues uh, world, know, right? Yeah. We come from a, you know, we come yeah. from a blues band. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's what's done. I mean, once later on, when people started hearing timbales, they're going like, well, "What is that?" Right? You know, it's like, "Oh my God, here's another, here's another tone, and, another tone." And I'll tell you something else: us, us, us Caucasian guys, when we saw right. um, the band go out on the, you know, when we finally saw what mm. Santana looked like. You know, people thought timbales was an easy instrument to play. It was like, you know, a little drum set, you know. It was, you know, yeah, you know yeah. that was before people were into Tito, Puente, you know, before, you know, before, right. you know, before it was a, you know, before it was a crossover, before the big Latin thing crossed over to right. us uh, white guys, you know. It was, right. um, you know, people thought that it was a pretty simple thing. And the more and more and more I, I learned about music, the more intricate, um, the conga, the timbali, that whole Latin thing um, is the music. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know, a, a big part of that too, I guess, for myself, you know, because you know, I, 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 you know, I'm Puerto Rican and Spanish, you know, and and one of the things that when I was raised, uh, when I was living with my grandmother as a kid, you know, my grandmother had a basement downstairs, and my grandmother's raised chickens out in Bayview, which is by Hunter's Point in San Francisco. And I remember there was always, like, new people coming over for dinner all the time, you know. It just turns out my grandmother would always invite people that were from Puerto Rico that were living in North Beach to come over and have dinner to feed them. But she also had a, a little chicken uh, uh, a chicken farm ranch, you know, on, on the lot right there. And right. I started thinking like, Oh my God, like she's got all the chicks and we eat chicken every day. And then she would always tell me, don't go downstairs. Don't go downstairs in the basement. And I'm going, well, you know, of course I want to know what's going on in the basement. Yep. And there's conga drums going on. I didn't even know what those were at the time. My grandmother was doing Santero rights downstairs in the basement with the chickens and stuff, oh, you know? Yeah. I mean, there was, like, rituals going on downstairs in my grandmother's yeah. basement, man. But here was another sound that I was hearing conga drums. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. And, wow. and, uh, and then all the, you know, all the 33 and a half, 78 uh, vinyl records, like, had timbales on them. Right. And I didn't know that those were timbales. I remember the sound. I was going, what the? 
because I never heard a trap set in there. Right, right, right. You know, it was, it was timbales and conga drums and bongos, man, and a bass wow. player. So it's like, oh, my God, when I first heard Chupita, I went like, oh, that's the sound. It became familiar to me. And that, and those, like, oh, I bet you those cats were heavy players too, right? Oh, they were all great players. I mean, yeah. you know, back then. But uh, so, so Chupito just happened to show up at the right time. You know, you know, when I was looking for some enthusiasm, also as sure. far as bringing my game level up some. But uh, um, the whole part of that of bringing that once Chupito got in the band, I noticed how and and doc livingston was a great drummer he just wasn't the drummer for the new style that i guess i had brought into the band what happened to you doc know, kind of what, what happened to doc i don't know i i don't know i think he's still alive yeah but did, did, he, did he ever did he ever wind up playing oh i don't know i don't know what oh, happened okay. but i i just remember he wasn't able to keep up with what me and Chapita were doing okay and there was always a lag in the drummer and i would tell carlton i'm like man this this like there's a weak part here here's the you know the drummer's not making it man it's not happening for what we're doing and eventually you know they got rid of him and um i guess we were recording our first album that they had to do all over again yeah, yeah. um because of of marcos um so here we are in, in uh, san mateo studios and you know we're, we're doing these you know we're doing these takes and these songs and i don't i've never been in a you know, in a situation like that, but I kept going like, man, there's something wrong here. It's not happening. And it was the drummer, right? you know? And, uh, so one of the guys that, uh, that used to hang out there, I think Brent Dangerfield or whatever knew of Michael Shreve. Right. And, uh, I guess Michael Shreve used to come down to the studio just to hang out or do whatever. And sure. he walks in, he walks in and, uh, you know, we all look at each other and somebody says, well, he's a drummer. And I went, Let's try it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. He sat down sat down and did one of our jam things and me and Chapito looked at each other and Carlos and went, It'll work. Cool. And we had tried I mean, we had tried at least five drummers, um, in the meantime before we eventually got rid of, of Doc. Right. And one of those drummers was Johnny Ray. Oh really? Who played on Afro Blue and yeah. uh, with Cal Jader. Yeah, legitimate legitimate and, player. And I mean a great, no, a great yeah. drummer, man, and it didn't work. Right. Well, the funny thing about it, I was able to go to myself and going like, well, this is really great. It's a little bit too clean without knowing the word of that. And, you know, it, it had to be somebody that was not so clean because we were all learning at the time that we were evolving. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you know, we had tried like at least three of those five drummers, three of them were great known drummers in the Bay Area, and it didn't work, just did not work. And I don't know if it's because drummers didn't know how to play with a percussion section. Um, and it was always like, you know, you always, if you're going to play with a percussion section, I'm sorry, man, we can almost not want to hear you. You have to be part of the percussion section. I want to hear cymbals. I want to hear the hi-hat. I want to hear the snare. Right. I don't want you to be overpowering because then, we have to play louder. Right, right, right. And you were and pa- you, you, you you're a pounder. You you play hard. Uh, I I kind of did back then, but you know I don't play as hard uh-huh. anymore unless I'm on a gig and I have to because you know I'm competing against amplifiers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and a drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you were able to. Um, you know, you you made your presence in that band. People knew you were there. Yeah. You didn't get lost in that band. 
No, no, no. But it's, uh, you know, it's quite interesting. But like I said, we had to try a lot of drummers out, and Michael Shreves just fit perfectly. Yeah. You know, for the sound that me and Chapito and the bass player David Brown were putting out. I mean, yeah, forget yeah. about the guitar and the organ at this point. I'm not yep. thinking that. Yep. They're the they're the cream, you know, of the top of what we're doing. Yep. And you, you know? got and, and, so and, you, and that percussion section ahead. in that um um in that old band in the original Santana band, you guys were monsters. You you, you guys oh, thank you, you got. I, I was talking to some people about this. Um, I would have. It would have been scary either opening for you guys or, or, or having you open for them. And you, 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 you I'm going to say you're so fucking powerful that um, there was, you know, just that the percussion. That was that whole band of the day. I mean, Carlos is great, and, and you know, uh, Greg is great. The vocals, you know, whatever they were great. But that percussion is what you remember from that Santana band. Yeah, the train. It was yep. the train, man. It was yeah. the, the locomotion. What a and fucking so machine that, that was. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so funny that you say that because I remember somebody in the Jefferson Airplane uh-huh. and somebody in the Grateful Dead had said, whatever you do, you don't ever want to open up for Santana. Yeah. Or, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't want to ever have to come on after them. I'd be afraid to open for you too. I mean, people who knew that <laughs> people who knew that band knew that they were dangerous. You were a dangerous band. Yeah, yeah. We were just. I mean, I mean, you did not want to come on after us because a, a good portion of the audience would look at each other and just leave. I know. You know, after that, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's it's just what it was. And it, you know, and I got to tell you, it was intentional. It was totally intentional. Because, you know, it's like we take no survivors, man. We just yeah. kill, kick ass on everybody. I know. It was like, and, and, I, I, I was talking to him, I said to him, you know what? It was like, you thought that if you were going to be um, the band coming on after Santana, that you were going to get cut before you went out on stage. Someone was going <laughs> right, to cut you. Right. You weren't going to survive. You just weren't going to survive. Right, right. And, but it was, you know, it was very intentional, you know, because I, I come from a sports world. You know, kind of thing. I should have been a baseball. I could have been a baseball player and whatnot. Uh-huh. But I, I think in those terms when I think music. You know, it's like, why not guess the best person to play that position? Yeah, which makes everybody great. Well, you guys you did. Know? It. You, you know, yeah. I, I, and and yeah. the way and the way the band fell in, how, how you found your members, um, is it? It was like it was meant to be. You know. I, I, yeah. Know, well, I, I, I you know I know I know my, you know I, I was friendly you know I am friendly with Michael Shreve I worked with Michael years ago mm-hmm. and I remember him mm-hmm. telling me how um, he met uh, Bloomfield and uh, Bloomfield introduced him to you know Carlos was there that night and the whole story and eventually you know he ran into you guys in the studio when you fired you know the you know mm-hmm. when you were getting rid of the other drummer and he happened to be at the right you know again he was at the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. And um, mm-hmm. he did fit in with you guys, but um, that was one crazy rhythm section. Well, it's just that, you know, you, you, you have to be a, a player. One of the first things is, is to be able to hear. You know, if you can't hear, you're not going to. And, and, you know, here's a, here's a group of, of musicians. You know, like Greg Red, he could read music. I think Michael Shreve's also read. Yeah you know, charts and whatever, but this band wasn't about charts. No. You know, this band was about kicking some ass, being together, not overplaying the other musician that's in the band, and coming out as a locomotive, man. It's just like, here it is, man, go. 
you know, from one, two, we're, we're like already there, man. And, and there's no stopping. There's no way. Let's stop in between this song. We just went from song to song to song to song to song. Yeah. You know, we were just slaying it. But I, I, I got to tell you, you know, there's, there's a lot of different eyes and people's egos and whatnot to get in the way of like what really, really happened. And everybody sees differently. Granted that. But at the same time, we, we were all one. Yeah, you know, and and that's what it came down to. And you know, each one of us had different influences. My influences were like just like you know, I, I mean, I can name name a list for you, from Vince Guaraldi to Quartet Boss Trey Band to the Jazz Crusaders to Herbie Mann to Cal Jader to Hugh Masekela Bobo to Sergio Mendez to Willie Bobo to my everlasting. This closed the door on me once I heard Gabor Zabo. I was like, yeah, it was I was done. Yep. You know, because here's 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 the guys in his group: Victor Pantoja, who's my idol, Willie Bobo, Ron Carter, and Chico Hamilton. I mean, yeah. it don't get many better than that. Yeah, I mean, Spellbinder and uh, Conquistadoras. Some of the songs we did, uh, uh, Gypsy Queen. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I brought.
Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service. Without all the drama. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying who brought what to where, but I mean, that. Right, I mean. Right. But that he definitely influenced that band, and, and you took it. To, oh, absolutely! And, and you took and you took his music to heights that he never would have uh, been able to do. I mean, Gypsy, well, you know, look, look, I, look what you, know, you I, look what you did to Gypsy Queen. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a, you know, it, it, it's all about something that you like, and somebody and somebody telling you, no, you can't do that. And right. as soon as you tell people who are creative, like myself and Carlos. You know, Orchipedo would go like, come on, man. What do you mean we can't do this? Who said? Yeah. I mean, you know, who runs the law here? It's like, these were creative things that made us tick. Right. So, it was a, you know, and, 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 and once I got to tell you, once me and Carlos heard East West from Paul Butterfield. Yeah. Man, the green light was on. Wow. You know, because there's no, there's no bridge there, man. Come on. Yeah. You guys just jam and jam and you're doing this outside stuff that sounds so much like one person. Right. You know, which is supposed to be, I mean, the Beatles sounded like one person or Stones sounded like one person. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just what it is. It's what your influences are. And, and, you know, you got to be really, really careful about stepping forward and turning your instrument up louder than everybody else's. So now, you can hear how cool. Was, it's gonna, how cool was it listening to Bloomfield in those early days? Oh my God, man! It's just, it was just amazing. But so was Alvin Bishop, man. I yeah, mean, Alvin yep, Bishop's yep. like the slide man. I mean, yep. even even Paul. I mean, the drummer, the bass player, everybody in that band. Well, Mark Copper. I, I, I mean, everybody. I spoke to Harvey a few weeks ago. You know, um, mm-hmm. who played bass in the Electric Flag, and um, right. I, and I spoke to Barry Goldberg too. Oh and, wow! Man. Yeah, yeah, and um, they loved working with Bloomfield, and they just said it was such mm-hmm. a damn shame. That he, you know, that he just kind of had those demons chasing him, but um, they said it was incredible. It was like watching God play. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, but it's the same thing. You know, we used to call them the three B's, man. You know, Butterfield, Bloomfield, and Bishop. You know, because yeah, yeah. they were just like, man, it's like, man, I love this stuff what they're doing, and they sounded yeah. so great, man. You know, I mean, what they were doing. So, so there was room. There was room, at least for myself, to go like, you know what. Put a conga drum in this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah and it yeah. was a blues band. It was Santana blues band, and this was way before, you know, Shreve or or Raleigh came along. Man, I mean, this was like you know, this was like the percussion section. You right, know, right. Shreve just happened to fit in the right place. Yeah, and you know, a great player, man. But 
you know, at at the same time, each one of us had different influences. But I knew, and, I kind of knew what I wanted to sound like. And, and my and, stuff was all about Gabor's and, rhythm section. And how about when Neil came aboard? Did everything change again? Um, Neil came along later, I think, when we kind of needed to change yeah. for a different sound. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not in a stand one place in, in one place for too long. Right. You know, food wise, um, apparel wise, sure. whatever. You know what I mean? It's just it's like I, I like to move around, you know, kind of thing. I yeah. mean Carlos is the same way. Uh-huh. You stay in one place too long and then you become that. Yeah. You know, and then and then you can't come out of it. It's like being typecast. But the whole thing with loving everything is it's just like, let me try a little bit of this, let me try a little bit of this. And, and everybody was always, okay, let's try this. Okay. You know, everybody was always open. So a little bit of battles here and there. But when Neil came along, it, it, it changed our sound. Now we had two guitar players. Right. And they were playing they were playing harmony together. And they both, like, kicked each other's ass to go to other levels, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, I had to tell you this, man. Neil Sean is a is a Carlos Santana protege yeah. and an Eric Clapton protege, and all of a sudden bring Neil to the table with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, yeah, I, so, I, I, I've seen Neil play a number of times. Um, yeah. You know, I, saw I just it. talked to him yesterday, in fact. Oh, did you? Cool. Yeah, I saw, yeah. you know, I, 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 you know, I was running amphitheaters and stuff, and Journey would show up, and, you know, Neil mm-hmm. would have his own band come out before Journey would play. <laughs> right. And he would, right. He, he'd rip the place up. He really would. Right, right. No, he's a great player, man. I, yeah. I mean, you know, the band had great players, but, you know, again, again, speaking about the percussion section, that percussion section, like, man, I mean, it's like you just didn't mess with us, man. I mean, you know, there's there's one guy, and, and, and I got to tell you, man, as much as I discovered Chupito and brought him into this thing, yeah. I got to tell you, man, he was such a big influence on all of us because he, I, I guess he was the one who really knew how to read charts and read music and stuff, but so versatile on so many things that he did. But I heard that when I first heard him playing, you know, at the beach with me right. and we're like, Oh my God, there it is. That's what I, that's what I'm looking for. So for me to bring him into the band changed the whole blues thing, Yeah, you know, into everything else and everything, everything else was like green light, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and like I said, there's been a lot, a lot of influences because of the percussion section. Yeah, you know, and and what you know, one of my main guys, man. I mean, to this day, and I will say, is Victor Pantoja, man. That played with Willie Bobo and Gabor, right. and uh, you know, a lot of people. But I got to tell you, man, Chico Hamilton, him, Ron Carter, it, it just doesn't get any better than that. And Willie Bobo, it just doesn't get any better than that. I have Victor Pantoja's conga drums, man, from all those albums, really, from the Gabor albums. Wow. Yeah, he gave them to me before he passed, man. Wow. So I have his drums, and I still use them on recordings and stuff. And believe me, they sound exactly like the Gabor Zavo albums. Really? Yeah. Wow, wow. Also, how many guys um, did you influence? Oh, I don't know, man. I, I, a couple. You know, <laughs> couple. I, I, I would say a couple. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> I would say a couple. I mean, There's a, I mean, look, look. I'm gonna, know, I'm gonna bring it out before we forget. You're the only, okay. um, you're the only conga player in the Hall of Fame. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's. I mean, that's a big deal. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's for the work for Santana, but you know, I, I've also, you know, I've, I've also not stayed in that one. No category. No, you didn't. Forever. You know, I'm very versatile, and yeah. you know, I played with a lot of people. I know. You know, and um, 
part of that is 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 being able to to blend what I know, and it's not your basic Latin rhythm thing uh, or whatever. What I know in playing, I know simplicity is the best thing. You know, and and if you're in a percussion section, it's all about being simple. You know, and if there's a hole to fill, then either you fill it, the player fills it, or the drummer fills it. So you have three guys, me, Shreve, and Chupito, trying to fill the hole. Yeah. Man, how do you figure that out? Except by listening. Right. By listening and knowing each other's moves. Right. And you guys... You know, it's a team. And you guys... It's a team effort. And that, that percussion section worked as one. It was like one person. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and that's including, you know, I, I you know, uh, David Brown also, man. I mean, we couldn't have had oh, yeah, another yeah, yeah. bass player in that band to make yeah. that sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, David, I mean, was, he David, was, David was, he was ju- Yeah, he was just a part of that sound as the percussion and the timbales and the condos were, man. I mean, you know, don't don't get anybody wrong. Well, you know, there's a better guy. We've had a couple of people fill in for him a few times, and, man, let me tell you, it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. Right. You know, because he played so simple, and he had his own style. He brought his own style to the band. You know, he was well, everybody, uh, that whole band, incredible. That, that whole band brought different flavors in. Yeah, you know you, yeah. you 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 know um, you're Puerto Rican. You're not Mexican, <laughs> right? You, you know Puerto you know. Rican and Spanish. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, you know and, yeah. and then you had your then you had your Mexican flavors. You had your Caucasian guys. You had the white guys there. David, you had David there. You know, I mean that that band was you know that was United Nations of a tough guys. Yeah, uh, more and, or less. Yeah, and, and man, it was beautiful. It was it, no, nobody sounded like. Santana when Santana hit the streets, nobody. Well, you know, you know, it's it's really funny you should say that because I remember you know me and Carlos early on would always say if we're going to do a cover of somebody, we have to make it sound like us, not them. Right. And I think we did that. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody thought, oh, we wrote Evil Ways, we wrote Black Magic Woman. Yeah. It's like, no, we played the shit out of it and made it our own. Yep. You know, I mean, if you're going to do you're gonna do a Stevie Wonder song, are you going to try to sound like him? You couldn't. Well, you're going to try to, and, and every every which way you try not to, you're going to. Yeah. You know, so we were able to bring our own flavor. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you, you, couldn't sound, yeah. you couldn't sound like Peter Green. So you did your no. own thing to it. You couldn't, you know, yeah. you, you couldn't sound like, uh, you know, uh, you, and th- people don't realize some of the great tunes that you wrote for the Santana's band, too. Mm. I mean, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you definitely, um, I mean, you, you, you were definitely a foundation in that. Well, everybody was. It was a great fucking band. It was great. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you know each, one, each one of us was our own architect of our own, our own stuff. Yeah. Thank goodness, thank goodness we were able to collaborate and, uh, how could I say, uh, consciously uh, be uh, be cooperative to one another. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Even though there was a lot of swearing and a lot of, you know, infighting in that. Well, hey, man, that happens in, you know, in human beings. I mean, that's just the way it is. But even though at the same time we all kind of knew that we were... A, a team, a gang, a family together. Yeah. So when it kind of, you know, you have to be cooperative, man, let's try this. And we let everybody try their own stuff. I mean, my own, Greg's own, Michael's stuff, Neil's stuff, 
Carlos's stuff, David's stuff, Gepito's stuff, and we'd give you like three tries. Everybody would bring in three grooves or whatever, and we'd all look at each other and go, no, that doesn't work. That sucks. Yeah. And it'd be done. You know what I mean? And then we'd come back to it another day. So it was a very, very cooperative, um, how could I say, architecture, ar- architecturally done. If that's a word, it was, you know what I mean. It's like, it was a machine. That's what it was. It was, it was a machine. machine. Yeah. And, and if yeah, one part, and if one part didn't fit, you, you you made sure another part fit, and it was right. And and again, and, re- and not to step on and not to step on anybody's toes, mind you. I mean, we were like, and I, and I hate to say this, you're like, you know, if you see uh, a musical and there's dancers, there's like twenty dancers, you right. know, none of them, none of them, none of them will outstep another one, right. And you have to do that in a band if you're yeah. going to be a collective. And somehow we, you know, somehow we got to do that. And, you know, years later it changed, but yeah, you but know, those it, first it, four albums were incredible. It, they were, and it's a little, um, it's kind of ironic that uh, San Francisco has such a big Latin sound to it now. But mm. the the San Francisco sound that we knew as kids was the Grateful Dead, the Jefferson Airplane, uh, you know, Mo- you know, Moby <laughs> right. Grape, you know, Moby Grape. Uh, oh, you know, right, right. You know, uh, uh, Quicksilver, and then you guys popped up. Yeah, uh, how about Lee Michaels, man? Yeah, Lee, Lee Michaels. Michael, yeah, with Lee Michaels. Drummer, with the drummer Frosty. Yeah, was Frosty good, was great. I saw Lee man. Michaels. Yeah. I saw yeah. Lee Michaels at the floor. Oh, oh, that's who we opened. Right, watch this. Watch this. So I think... I, I want to say we opened up for Lee Michaels and Jimi Hendrix in Santa Clara. Wow. Well, that was like one of our first big gigs. Wow. And I remember going like, oh, my God, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I had I had saw Hendrix before in Golden Gate Park and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I remember that we're opening up to this guy now. Wow. I mean, what? Yeah. And Lee Michaels, the same day. Wow. The same freaking day, man. It's like, oh, my God. Talk about being put to the test. Man. Yeah, but how would you see... I, if Lee Michaels, I don't know how the heck he could follow you guys. I mean, he was great, and Frosty was great, but their sound, I mean, just trying to match what you guys were doing, just sound-wise, you know, just power-wise. Uh, you know, Hendrix was different, yeah. obviously. You know, he had his Marshall stacks, but, uh, right. you know, but, but Lee Michaels on that, uh, you know, on that uh, Hammond, he was, I used yeah. to love Lee Michaels. He was incredible. And, oh. Yeah, he was incredible. Yeah. But that's but what, but, a, but, you, but that, that's all was coming out. You know, Blue Chair came out of San Francisco. And then, right. and then you guys came and boom, then the whole Latin thing followed you. You opened well, up, it, you it, opened up the doors for the Latin market. We opened up for a thing, and I still hate this word, man. I, I got to tell you, it's like, you know, Latin rock. I, I'm like, not a big fan of that word, man. You know, we just brought a lot of stuff to the band. I mean, you know, people, seem to forget that when we were in high school, man, I'm listening to James Brown, bro. Right. Come on, man. Super bad. You know, I'm listening, you know, I, I'm listening to uh, Bobby Freeman. Right. You want to dance, you know, on the bongos, man. Right. I'm, I'm listening to stuff like that that influenced me to want to be uh, a percussionist or a drummer. Sure. You know, and so here's all these influences, and then all of a sudden you go like, yeah, let me add some timbales to this conga drum thing here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we got a whole new move on blues. Right. You know, so at that at that time in San Francisco, I mean, San Francisco was a melting pot. All of a sudden, here come all these guys from New York and, and Nashville and everybody else. But it's like the bands that were starting there, nobody ever said, no, you can't play that. And before I forget, let me tell you who was the whole creator of that thing to let that happen was Bill Graham. Yeah, 
Had not Bill Graham been the leader of that whole movement of thing, you wouldn't have that many tastes of different kind of musics that yeah, became yeah, new. Yeah. And Bill is a you great I mean? La- I mean, and, and Bill is a great Latin lover. Oh, please, man! He used to dance with my wife, dude. Really? That'd cool. be my first wife. Yeah, Mimi. Cool. Mimi Sanchez, man. They would go out and play and and uh, and dance at these Latin places with Tito Puente and and you know Eddie Palmieri and all that kind of stuff. Do, do, you, before you know, I knew her. You know Barb Sarlis, don't you? Uh, he's a, 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 a film doc. He does documentaries, music documentaries. Anyway, he's doing one on Latin music now, I believe. And oh. um, somebody sent him all these still photos, and he's looking at them, and he said half the pictures had Bill Graham in them dancing. <laughs> you know, oh, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you know him? I know. Uh, yeah, no, Sarlis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you should tell him to call me, man. I'd love to see some of those pictures. Okay, man. yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm still in touch with Bill's with Bill's uh, uh, Alex and David, his sons. Uh huh. You know, and yeah. uh, my manager, who is uh, Rita Gentry, yeah, Rita, yeah. who I just love to death. I mean, yeah. uh, I used to hang out with her cousins in junior high school. Now, I mean, Rita, that's how far we go back. Yeah, now Rita worked with the uh, Santana organization. Exactly, and yeah. she also worked for Bill before that. Yeah, worked know. for Bill before that, right? Um, but Rita's, Rita's my manager, and you know, and you know, you know, I stay in touch with Alex and David, and I'm so glad to be part of that thing. But you know, again, saying going back to what I'm saying, had it not been for Bill Graham, period, done, and the story, yeah. there wouldn't have been that many different styles of music coming out of the Bay Area, from the Grateful Dead to the Jefferson Airplane to Quicksilver, to, uh, oh, my God, I can't even remember. Sam Pacu, yeah. uh, Alvin Bishop, uh, Tower Power. Cold Blood. Oh, cold, wait a minute, cold, wait a minute, cold, wait a minute. Cold, cold Blood, it. Sly. Cold Blood, Sly, yeah. who I'm, you know, who is one of my best friends is Greg Enrico. I know you know that. Yes. Um, we go way back. But, you know, now we're on the subject you just brought this light to me of some sort. Boss Skaggs, man. Yep. Why isn't Boss Skaggs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. Well, he'll, he will one day, I, th- I hope. Ah, oh, man. Well, yeah. I hope so, man. Yeah. I just, it's just like, why is this guy not in there? He is like the most, one of the most greatest, greatest musicians that came out of that whole movement. Yeah. Uh, with Steve Miller, because, you know, I I did Steve Miller's last four albums. That's right, you did. You know, that, that he's out in, and I love Steve, man. And, you know, he was in Steve's band. I mean, they were yeah. buddies, man, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. longest time. Yep. And I knew the drummer and uh, and the other, and the, other uh, uh, the bass player. But I got to tell you, man, Boss Skaggs, man, I mean, it's like, I just don't get it. Why hasn't this guy been recognized in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Such a great songwriter. Yeah. Such a great stylist. Such and he, a great and, musician. And he had that club in San Francisco for decades. Slims. Yeah, yeah Slims. Slims. Yeah, they just closed. Yeah, they just, they, yeah, they just closed. But yeah. anyway, I just want to make a shout out to Boss Skaggs, man. Please, people, get it together. This guy needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his great creativity and his voice and his guitar playing I need and you, all of that. I need you to hook me up with Boz. I'd love to speak to him. But what what did you do with Nicky Hopkins? Uh, Nicky Hopkins. Nicky Hopkins, uh, I met I met Nicky when I moved to L.A. and I was working with, uh, uh, with Chick Corea. Uh-huh. I was working with Chick Corea and who else? Let's see, who else was there that he was in? Chick Corea. Oh, and Al Jarreau. Yeah. Okay. Al Jarreau, um, 
Um, Nikki was in, in both of those bands at that time, and uh, huh. so I was in a couple of bands with him. Yeah, um, he, he wound up in Quicksilver. You know, I know you did. He went with Quicksilver, yeah, before I met him. Uh-huh. You know, I, I met him when I lived in L.A., but right. Nikki Hopkins, man, what a player, man. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, he was playing with, uh, um, like I said, um, I was in Chick's band um, for a little bit with that, and then I was... Um, also in, oh, in Alice Rose band right. with that. And Nikki, and Nikki, I think Nikki played keyboards in that band also, but you know, he was like a, he was just in the house band that cool. we were doing back then. Now, this is something I know a lot of people know. You were invited to uh, join the, uh, Jimi Hendrix band. Yes, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, the, the, I, I kind of keep that under the wraps. You know, there's a book out. It's been out for a while called Black Gold. Yeah. And it's The Lost Archives of Jimi Hendrix, um, written by Stephen Roby. Um, uh, it, it's so funny because when, you know, when, when we had the Santana band and we were playing Fillmore East and stuff, um, you know, I was hanging out with Hendrix back then and, you know, mm-hmm. all the, all the little spies of Miles Davis's and the, mm-hmm. you know, and all this, this, this and that. And, uh, um, Jimmy was a very, very, and I'm sure you've heard this over the years, very, very shy person until he got on stage. Right. Then it was like a whole other animal, you know. But uh, I remember we did a gig at Fillmore East. I think we did two nights in a row or something. And I can't remember the gentleman's name. Um, oh, my God. He was one of the engineers. I can't think of his name. Okay. But anyway, um, they asked. They asked me and Peter to come in and, and sit in with him at a session. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like the next morning, and we had been up all night. I'm going, ah, oh, man, I don't want to do this, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But I remember it being daylight all of a sudden, and, like we had to go to the session. And uh, um, what's his name? Billy. Uh, uh, Billy Cox? The ba- Billy Cox was the bass player. And at that time, uh, Buddy Miles was the drummer. Right, right. So this, so this was just in the time before the uh, um, that big hit of theirs came out. Um, yeah, them changes or them changes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and you know and and at that time at that time also Miles was dabbling into you know you know coming and see us play and showing up and right. and whatnot and and you know, I got to tell you man I didn't even know who Miles Davis was or uh-huh. did I care. Right, right. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. But I met him, and like, you know, like, hey, man, this is my old thing. Okay, well, so, you know, kind of <laughs> so. thing. And then we started hanging out. <laughs> so. Started hanging out, and, and uh, you know, th- th- that kind of thing. But at the same time, Hendrix and Miles were putting a band together. And yeah, uh, I, myself, and Chipito were going to be part of that band. Wow. You know, and I got a call in San Francisco when we were rehearsing one day by... Uh, one of Jimmy's ladies and uh, said, Hey, Jimmy wants you to come and join his band and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm in like shock going like, Oh my God, what do I do now? Right. Yeah. yeah. My loyalty to Carlos was like so deep at that point. It's just like said, ah, I don't think so. I just can't do that because I mean, here we are, we have this band, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, had it not been for him, I wouldn't have the great career that I've had. And I still have. Yeah, it wasn't for Carlos. You know, a, that, I'm not talking. That's a two way street, though. Too. I mean, you guys did it together. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a two way street. But at the same time, you know, uh, you know, per, a percussionist isn't so 
how can I say, can you name me three percussionists who've made it really, really big? Well, I can't. Santa Maria. I, yeah, I can, but Pierre Morlin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and but, uh, yeah, uh, Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there you go. No, there you go. No, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. But it's, it's what I'm saying. I just like, you know, and, and I had to tell this lady, I said, you know what, let me call you back like later. I can't. Yeah. I can't like, you know, I can't do this right now. And I sat on it for two days, man. And I finally called back and said, and I didn't even tell Chupito. Right. I just I just couldn't, you know, because yeah. I just went, man, I'm not going to do that. And I just told him, I said, no, I can't do it, man. We can't do it. And I kind of answered for Chupito at that level also, man, because yeah. he wanted yeah. us both in the band. And, yeah. You know, but it is what it is. And like I said, my uh, my loyalty to Carlos was always that. I'll tell you something funny. It took, you, it, le- still it, it took you less time to tell Jimmy you didn't want to work with him than it took you to tell me you will do a show with me. It took you five days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just busy, dude. I'm always busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. So, I'm so, so, so busy. I'm busting um, shops. No, I know you are. I, know. I, know. I told... But, um, and, and, you know, you know the, the other thing the other thing with me is, like, you know, as you've seen on my resume, man, I played with all different styles of musicians. Oh, yeah. Rolling, you know, from, from rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. From the Stones from... Yeah. Stu- you know, I, I play on Start Me Up, I play on Waiting on a Friend. I mean, that was like, oh, my God. You know, like, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, I was listening to them when I was in junior high school, for Christ's sure. sake. Yep, yep. And here I am, I'm hanging out with them and partying with them and yep. all of that. And, and, uh, and actually got to do what I wanted to do on the tracks, you know, kind of thing. So that was a yep. lot of fun. Right. Living in New York back then. Um, but, you know, hanging out with Miles Davis and, you know, d- doing that for a couple of weeks at a time. And, you know, I mean, I was just, you know, I, I had to get out of the Bay Area and, and move to New York because just the Bay Area wasn't happening anymore. So Shreves was back there. So, I, you know, I kind of stayed with Shreves once in a while. And, uh-huh. and and I would just go on my own out at late at night, go to Studio 54, go to go to uh, the record plant. I mean, go to all these places, man, just because I oh, knew back, that's to be the, in the yeah, right place at yeah. the right time. Yeah, I, 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 met, I actually met you when you were uh, living in New York. I, I'm sure you don't really? remember. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I met you at uh, Michael's. and um, Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, Pete, Pete Hewlett was living with Michael. Oh, right, Pete. Great singer, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. and Great um, singer, great guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. And, you know, something, whatever. But um, oh, boy. yeah, tell him I said hi if you're. Yeah, 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 I will. I definitely will. Great guy. But you... and then, and then again, let me bring up some someone right now, and that's how I also met Casper McLeod. Yeah, my old buddy. Yeah, Casper. I talked to Casper too. Yeah, yeah. Did a did a session. Did like four songs with him and Armand Erdogan. At Electric Electric Lady. Uh, no, it wasn't Electric Lady Land. We were at, we were in the Atlantic Studios. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember after finishing that, I'm going down the hall and a friend of mine who was working, uh, the drummer, um, Wayne Woods was his name, was working with Jim Carroll okay. at that, at that time. People who died. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I got called in to do that session the same day, man. And here I am getting packed up, ready to leave. And here comes Arif Martin and says, Hey, would you like to put some conga drums on this track? And I went, well, there's just two gigs I just did. Yeah. Um, 
and and this was kind of like a, I guess this is what session guys do or whatever, right? Right. And so all of a sudden, I go in with Arif, and and you know, I had just finished with uh, Ahmed Erdogan and and uh, and and somebody and somebody else with the Jim Carroll band, and all of a sudden, I I'm in with Arif Arif Martin at the same time, and here they play the track, and it's George Benson. <laughs> And I'm playing on the George Benson song now, and and I went like, oh okay. I had to clean up another percussionist's track. Yeah. I won't say who he is because he's a good friend of mine. Okay. And I said, am I, am I, are you going to put my name on the album? I said, no. Here's your paycheck. You know. And I went like, well, oh shit, man. Yeah. How yeah. am I going to tell people I played on this album? Yeah, yeah. The same yeah, thing yeah. with the Stones. You know, they right. don't like to put people's names on them. Yeah. And here I went. Oh, this is what session guys do. And I went like. This isn't what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. You didn't get credit. You, know I mean? you didn't get credit on the Stones album. Uh, no, no, no. Nobody got credit on that. Nobody uh-huh. got credit on on okay. Tattoo You. Okay. Um, I mean, and, and and they do stuff like that for their own reasons. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I understand it, but I I got I got myself a platinum album with all the rest of them. Cool. That says that. So and you know uh-huh. and, and and you know I, I knew Ronnie pretty well uh-huh. I would so yeah. I mean it's you know it's being in the right place at the right time you know music has changed a lot man but yeah uh, I mean you've you've worked, you know, you've worked with Michael McDonald you've worked with Marcus Miller yeah um, yeah uh, some of the biggest Tito you know Tito Puente um, I mean you, you just kind of got you know the, the, there's no genre that you haven't crossed well there is We'll see what, when that comes. You haven't, you haven't done any. You haven't done any klezmer music. I noticed. Any what? <laughs> klezmer. What's that? Oh, oh, I see. I see. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah, yeah, hang yeah. on here. Yeah, no, but um, uh-huh. no, but you kind of hit it all. You got everything out there. You, you've um, you know, you've worked with the with the greatest. And um, what are you doing now? I know you're doing stuff for kids now. Uh, I'm 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 producing like you know young young kids that are in that are just getting ready to go into high school that read music and trying and trying to get them. Uh, me and my bass player, who's my musical director, um, Roger Kimball is his name, um, who reads and you know charts stuff for me and all this and that. But but you know it it, it comes a time when. You know the the whole creativity things because kids are going to school and they're you know they're reading chart music and whatnot. They don't know how to get out of that. Yeah. You know, if somebody calls you up for a gig, you got to go. Where's the paper? Where's the chart? Right. And it's like, man, can't you bring yourself to the table? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I'm on the other side of that. You know, I'm on the other side of that. And yeah. and and there's so many there's so many musicians that knew how to read that they can't jam with somebody. Right. You know what I mean? You get yeah. called up for a gig, and here's the chart. Man, you're not bringing any feeling to that. Right. You know what I mean? I, it's just. Uh, it's funny. I spoke to a Bobby um, Bobby Whitlock a few weeks ago from uh, you know mm. Derek and the Dominoes, mm. and um, he told me that him and Eric went down to uh, um, they worked with Tom Dowd, you know the big producer. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, doing uh, Layla, and um, they walk in, and Dowd gives them chord charts. Uh, and and Bobby says to him, "What the fuck is this?" And uh, and, and Eric right. says to him, "Calm down, it's chord charts, you know." He, he you know, blah 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 right. blah. And uh, Whitlock says to a Tom Dowd, "I don't need no fucking 
quad shots. <laughs> you know, and, right, and he right. says, "You stay behind the glass and don't come out." Okay, we'll we'll, we'll take care yeah. of this album. It's no, like, I understand it, man. Yeah. I totally understand it. You know, when 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 I was you know when I was doing Boz's last three or four albums, you yeah, know, I remember yeah. I was going in the studio, man, and you know, I mean, Boz has got all a one. I mean, not Boz. I'm sorry. Steve Miller. Miller. Yeah. We did Steve Miller's album. I remember going in, and and he's got all these great players. I mean, he's just a great, great guy to work with, man. Yeah. Um, you know, had a great ear, got a great sense of humor. But when it comes to time to play music, man, it's fucking serious, dude. It's like, let me see what you got, you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And I remember going in, man, and uh, we had a famous producer behind us and whatnot, and Steve would go, okay, one take two takes next let's do the next song he would just take two takes man i mean on everything and then come back later and pick one of them he says you shouldn't have to go do take three or take four because now you're fucking lost excuse my language but now you're lost you know now now it's like you got to go back to how it started you know but right right, right. um you know it's just stuff like that it's like you know the, the the whole george benson thing i'm just it's like man i mean i sound good on that shit man but i didn't get credit for it Right, you know, kind of thing. But it's, uh, you know, it's 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 part of, it's part of the tool. You want to be a session guy. You want to be in a band. Uh, you want to start a band. I mean, you're you know you're committing suicide as soon as you say I want to start a band. Yeah, I mean, you're crazy. Right, out of your freaking mind, man. But you know, it's uh, it, it's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of components to just to other just to other um, to other than just playing. So where's where's, you know, where's where's music going now? What's what do you think the next phase is going to be? Um, you know that's a good question, and there's probably a good answer for that. But you know, I I think people need to step away back from the from the computers. Yeah, you know, kind of thing for a while, man, and and uh, because and everything learn, is so like yeah, learn you know, how, everything is learn how to play an instrument again, right? Thank you. Yeah, not only that, but but learn how to play something that has veins and blood and, mm-hmm. and a heartbeat going through it. You know yep. what I mean? Because you're in charge of that. You have these other things. You have these kids that are coming up. This is another reason why I'm teaching kids how to play and produce and collaborate with other kids. With I'm saying why why can't you why can't you as a bass player play with a trumpet player? Oh, well, I never thought about it. Well, you're two, two different instruments. You're going to need something else. Right. All right? And that something else is you're not even thinking about because you're reading, you know, kind of thing. you got to take yourself away from that. Go into the kitchen, man, and start with some sugar. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then make something with that, man. I mean, it's just it's just the whole the whole thing where it's gone right now. It's all machines and stuff. And I, I mean, I, you know, I I play some of it. I write some of yeah. of the boom, boom, boom kind of stuff. But you know, yeah. I also use acoustic instruments with it, which makes it change to another sound. Yeah, well, as uh, a, as opposed to everything programmed. I'm using your band, your old band, as a um, an example. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Santana. Everybody knew their instruments. They learned how to play yeah. with each other. You don't have that anymore. Everything is so cold and sterile, and and uh, right. definitely definitely not entertaining anymore. And nobody knows. How well, to... it's not emotion. No. There's there's no emotion in it, and 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 you know. And the other thing is, it's like you know, a lot of musicians. You know, I, I mean, I I could I can understand it now because of the 
of the of the virus thing that's going on. Yeah. That you have to do stuff at home from a machine and you can't yeah, have people but that's, you know, that's, do that. That's now. But that's now. Right. But at the same time, the stuff that I hear on the radio, the stuff that my grandkids hear on the radio, and 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 I try as hard as I can to not say, "Why are you listening to that?" I know. You know, because they have to find they have to find their own road, man. They have to find their own fork and spoon and knife to figure how to eat that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, do you, do you, and at some point, at some point, you're going to lose the fork or you're going to lose the knife. So now all you got is a spoon. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, that's true. Do you know? Um, do, do your grandkids play? Oh man, I got to tell you, my my. Well, I I have nine grandchildren. Uh-huh. Okay, there's there's. <laughs> Four girls and five boys. Uh-huh. Um, my uh, <clears throat> my my oldest grandson uh, is playing guitar right now, and he's taking lessons from Miles Sean, Neil's son. Oh wow! Yeah, and and my granddaughter, uh, one of my granddaughters, his sister, her name is Shiloh, uh, is taking keyboard lessons nice. and uh, and doing that. And my other, like I said, my other grandson Kingston is taking guitar lessons from Neil's son, Miles. Um, and then I have another granddaughter that's taking guitar lessons, and uh, I passed a couple on to the other ones, and they just—they're not interested. Cool. Okay. So you know, it's just uh, you know, one of them will get it, and maybe they won't. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm really, and they, I'm and, really, and they don't have to do it professionally. I just think anybody who could play an instrument is able to uh, kind of work out their own little, uh, you know. Uh, it's the little. It's like therapy for yourself. You know, you could sit down. I'm a keyboard player, right? So if, if I feel like crap, yeah. I sit down behind the piano. You know, exactly, exactly. And 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 it's good. You know, it, it's good for for my my uh, my two granddaughters and my grandson that are just playing guitar, and the other two, the, two of them are playing guitar, and one of them is playing keyboard. Is the thing is, it's keeping them off the TV. Yeah. Or on a video game, you know, right. kind of thing, and yeah. and so I, you know, I I, I don't make I, I don't mind paying for it because I'm getting something in return that mm. when every time I see they send me something on a you know online or something I'm going sure. like wow man, yeah. they get it they get yeah. it they get it you yeah. know yeah. so it gives them it gives them something else to do besides sports or hanging out at the mall or wherever they do but I'm really 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 so so proud of them. For taking it on as a hobby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, and it's and it's a perfect hobby. It's a great hobby to have. It's a great hobby because you know, it, you know, most of the time you you know, it's okay to just sit there by yourself. Yeah. One on one is yeah. If you, if you don't like yourself, you're not going to like anybody else. Right. But you know, a, a lot of these kids, a lot of these uh, up and coming kids, don't know how to be creative unless it's on the machine. I know. I know. You know, and it's like, well, wait a minute. It's okay to hit a wrong note. That wrong note might be a hit song. Yeah. Or if not, it might be a bridge yep. to something. Or if not, you're not, if not, you're not going to do it again. You know, it's, it, you're going to learn from it one <laughs> yeah. way or the other, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very proud of them with that. But, you know, there's a, there's a whole generation that's like when we were coming up, I remember our parents telling us, no, I don't want you to play music. Yeah. Okay, that means I'm going to play it. Yeah, you know, and and you know, like I said, most of us in the Santana band couldn't read. We just knew how to groove, man. Right. You know, kind of learning how to groove is like how to look good. Yeah. You know, well, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna look good, man, and and I'll learn 
I'll learn on my way of doing that. And you have to you have to have other players to come into you to play and go like, oh my god, this guy's making me suck. Yeah, and you you, know, and you have to play it on the other. Funny. You have to you, blame it on the other person. It is funny. You just said you you, know, you learned how to play and how to look good, and you looked you looked fierce when you were playing in those days. You looked like oh, a you, you you looked like a tough mother. <laughs> you really well, did. it's because well, you know, it's like you're paying attention, man. I ain't paying yeah. attention with what's out there in the crowd, man. Yeah, you know, I got a I got a timbali player, a badass drummer, yeah. and a bass player. And Carlos and Greg doing melodies over shit. I ain't got no time to make a mistake and look out there, man. I got to be on my game, man. I know, but you, man, you look like you were there for business. I mean...
only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. You got all yeah, your. Yeah. So do you still are you still in touch with everybody or anybody? Or? Um, I, I I talk to Carlos just about every day, man. Oh, cool. I mean, you know, we we text each other and we talk, you know, yeah. every day more or less. Or no matter where he's out or whatnot. But you know, you, you also have to remember that you know my wife and her girlfriend grew up with him in junior high school. Right. You know, when when he first came here, so we're all still family and friends. Right. You know, and. uh um, the good thing about that, my wife is Mexican and Irish. Okay. You know, and, and Carlos is Mexican and I'm Puerto Rican and whatnot yeah. and, and Spanish. But uh, he's, uh, you know, him and him and, uh, and Neil Sean are basically the only people I talk to okay. from the band. Okay. And uh, that's my own choice and that's their own choice. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But, uh, you know, the music plays on and, uh, you know, I'm putting my own band together that'll be called Primitive Medicine. Um, yeah. Michael Carabello and Primitive Medicine. And if you went on Spotify, you can hear a couple of things. I, I actually, I'm going to be editing this uh, piece we're doing, and I'm going to be putting some of that in. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have all your stuff here. I, I think you're brilliant. And, um, yeah, and I mean, when when, when uh, Santana 4 popped up, you know, you guys seemed like you, you were getting it together. Everything sounded great anyway. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, so, you know, it... it, it when uh, when needed, you know, you guys still work great as a team, and that's what counts. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's Bacon or Sausage Egg and Cheese Biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours.
Well my friends this is the end of this podcast. Michael and Elliot will be getting back together real soon to continue their conversation. In the meantime here is one of Michael's newer tunes. This is the Primitive Medicine Show. See you real soon.
Not Your Mother's Radio is listener-funded. If you wish to assist and help keep the station active, funds can be sent via PayPal to Elliot. Is. Not. Your. Mother. At. Gmail.com. Remember, there is only one L and one T in Elliot. Thank you for your assistance. It is appreciated. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Fly on the Wall. There are more great interviews to follow so please list us as one of your favorites and be sure to follow. We are listener funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Please remember to share our info. Thanking you all.